0: Blog Talk Radio. Music.
1: All right, good morning, everybody, and welcome to the Women of Golf Show. I'm Ted Odarico, and normally right alongside me uh, each and every week is, of course, none other than Legends Tour player uh, and uh, LPGA professional Cindy Miller, but uh, Cindy has been off uh, last week, and she's off again this week uh, on another great adventure, and we'll talk a little bit about that when she comes back next week, Uh, but nevertheless, I'm here, of course, holding down the fort. I'm glad you could join us live this morning. It's uh, April 24th, and we're Getting ready to close out another month. It's hard to believe we're going to be uh, coming into May next week. And uh, I just don't know where this year, where this 2018 season is going. But it uh, certainly certainly seems to be zipping by fast. But we're glad you joined us um, this morning uh, live on air. Just to remind everybody, of course, we are live every Tuesday mornings from 9 to 10 a.m. Eastern uh, Standard Time. And best way to find us is to go to blogtalkradio.com forward slash women of golf or just type in women of golf up in the search key and that will take you there to the main page for some reason if you can't join us live just scroll down that page and uh check out the on demand section of course that's where all of the shows are uh in their entirety you'll find the recorded versions there so for some reason if you can't join us live on tuesday mornings not to worry just go to that page scroll down to the on demand section and find the show that you missed uh or maybe you want to hear a show that you've listened to before uh just to uh, sort of follow up and and, uh, refresh your memory on some of the great guests that we've had over the last uh, several years. But anyways, you can go there. Also, you can find us on some other social media platforms. If you go to iTunes.com, Stitcher.com, and TuneIn.com, and again, just type in Women of Golf, and you can listen on any of those great social media platforms. Uh, You can also uh, call into the show anytime you want. Uh, We'd love to hear you during the live broadcast. Uh, The number to call is area code 347-945-5855. And uh, you can also reach out to Cindy or I. Uh, our respective emails are cindy at cindymillergolf.com, and mine, of course, is ted.golftalklive at gmail.com. Uh, speaking of golf talk live, excuse me, golf talk live, I uh, got a great show coming up this Thursday from 6 to 8 p.m. Central, or 7 to 9 for those of you uh, on the East Coast. Uh, always going to start things off with the Great Coaches Corner and another uh, interesting guest on the second half, so make sure you tune in this Thursday on blogtalkradio.com forward slash Golf Talk Live. Uh, great uh, show coming up this week, so make sure you tune in. Uh, got a very interesting show this morning. Uh, we were going to have uh, Mike Nichols, the Chief Business Officer of the Symmetra Tour, uh, going to be joining us, but he's uh, on his travels out to uh, San Francisco uh, for an LPGA event, we're going to. Talk a little bit more about that here in just a minute So filling in for him this morning is Of course uh, my good friend Zach Spanik uh, The Symmetra Tour's media and uh, Public relations official, he's going to be coming in And and filling Mike's spot uh, This morning and then a little bit later on uh, We're going to have back uh, a guest That we were supposed to have a couple of weeks ago and unfortunately We had a a scheduling conflict, Uh, Stephanie Menno, she was the uh, Symmetra Tour player And first time winner on tour of the IOA Championship that was presented By Morongo Casino and Resort and Spa at uh, the Tuck Wet Cannon. So, uh, definitely, uh, we're going to have a great show this morning, uh, regardless. And, uh, so let me welcome Zach. Zach, welcome to the show.
2: Hey, Ted, thanks again for having us. And,
1: uh, yeah, we've got a lot, to, a lot of fun stuff in the golf world
2: to talk about.
1: Yeah, for sure. So let's just, um, mention very quickly. Um, you said that Mike is on travel, so where's he headed and, and what's, uh, what's happening.
2: Yep. So Mike's heading out, uh, the San Francisco Bay Area for the LPGA Heel Championship that takes place April 26th to 29 at Lake Merced Golf Club. It's the inaugural event uh, out in the Bay Area for the LPGA. So, uh, you know, shaking hands and kissing babies kind of thing for Mike Nichols this week, but uh, establish those relationships, <laughs> and
1: well, he'll be having
2: a good time out out in California.
1: Yeah, I'm sure once he gets there, and uh, and uh, the travel part is always the worst part of it, but uh, I'm sure he will uh, will enjoy it once he gets there. And it's always exciting when you've got uh, a new event like that, an, an inaugural event. Uh, and the Bay Area, of course, is a beautiful area. I've been there many times. And uh, what's nice is that the weather is always pretty consistent. Uh get a little rain sometimes, but it's always a pretty consistent temperature out there uh, and great uh, conducive for some good golf, so I'm sure it'll be a fun event. Oh, for sure. For sure.
2: And, you know, just kind of piggybacking off of that, three three events on the semester tour this year are new and uh, we're kind of hitting that stretch here coming up uh, next week with one of them, the IOA Invitational to kind of uh, kick off the real long stretch of the season. And as we've had a couple of events to uh, warm up, if you will. So couple of events uh, under the belt but yeah next week we kind of get our own taste of some inaugural events on the Tour. Yeah
1: and and uh what what's interesting is in the Iowa as as you and I were talking about with Cindy uh, a few weeks back when you came on the show uh, is actually going to be sponsoring three events this season. So one one's already been under the belt, uh, the Iowa Championship which of course Stephanie or uh, my guest in the second half of the show is going to be talking a little bit about uh, but then you've got the one next week. And then you've got another one. When's the other one uh, scheduled? Oh, uh, the IOA, you're saying? The IOA, yep.
2: Yeah, so they sponsor in th- three, like you said IOA Championship, as you said, next week, I, the IOA Invitational, and the IOA Golf Classic in Longwood, Florida from September 28th through 30 at Allequa Qu- Country Club is the is the third and final of the IOA sponsored events on the cement tour this year, so. They've been a great partner for us, and and you know expanding their relationship this year only only helped uh, increase um, uh, their longevity with the tour.
1: For sure, and you know uh, I, I know I'm going to get into a little bit more uh, when she comes on, but uh, what a what a great first event, an exciting event uh, for the Iowa, uh, their very first championship this for the season. Uh, Stephanie, of course, uh, ends up in a sudden death playoff. Um, so that had to be pretty exciting for the sponsor as well to, to have a great finish like that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that that was good golf. And, uh, you know, we were one of two professional golf
2: tournaments happening on that Sunday, just so happened to be competing against the masters, which is a little, little tough to do, but, uh, yes, yeah, Stephanie Meadow, um, performed admirably in, in that final round, stayed tough, true to herself and, uh, true to her game and, ended up battling into a playoff with Carly Silvers and, uh, you know, she, she performed, uh, not necessarily miraculously because she has the talent, but she had drained a 40 footer on, on the first playoff hole. And I'll, I'll let you know when she she comes on later, the excitement that in in her voice is going to, I think it'll show through the phone. So (laughs) yes, that was, it was a pretty, pretty, uh, touching moment for her and all that she's gone through in, uh, in her battle to get back, uh, you know, to the, to the professional ranks as, as, in terms of a competitive state. And, uh, yeah, she's going to, she's a very deserving champion.
1: Yeah. And, and I think anybody could be, uh, very excited sinking a 40 foot putt. Um, that's, no, uh, yeah. that's not an easy task. So it takes some, takes some talent and, and a little bit of luck, but, uh, definitely takes some talent. And, and, uh, that just adds to the, to the victory even that much more. But, um, so with, uh, with a Symmetra Tour for a little while now, you've kind of gotten a flavor and a, and a taste of, of, of things. Um, what, what are you looking forward to most with the position that you have now? What do you really enjoy about it? Tell us a little bit about that. And, uh, and, and some of the different things that, that your, uh, position entails, what's involved in, in being, uh, the media and public relations uh, official.
2: Yeah. So just started at the end of October and kind of had the off season, uh, had a couple of events with, uh, LPGA qualifying school to get my feet wet. And then have had our two events to start this year, but the, uh, the year started off great. And we've had a lot, a lot of different opportunities from new events that we've announced to where I've been able to travel with some of our players and, and see them in their hometowns and, and, uh, produce some videos related to, uh, to their, to their area and where they're from and the, you know, what got them here, their roots. Um, so a lot of what I do is, is our, is social media tied, um, from organizing all our social media efforts on the Symmetric tour to working with media outlets at each of our stops, 21 stops in 16 states on the tour in 2018, um, working with the media there to get the the players names out there and showcase what will be the future stars of the LPGA tour um, as 10 of our players will graduate at the end of the year as they do every year and be on the LPGA next year competing on the big stage. So, you know, it's a, it's a great, great, uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's a, I've been, I've been mocked a few times because people always say you got a real tough job. You get to follow golf around and, and, And showcase some of the best players in the world (laughs) and and I laugh at it because it it, it's 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 so true it's it's a it's a great job and it's one that I'm sure a lot of I would be envious envious to have but um I I mean I'm excited you you really establish a connection with the players you establish the connection with the people at each event and uh it, it becomes becomes your own and uh it's something that you're able to you know, showcase not only what you're able to do um, in, in the position, but also what all the players are able to do and, and what all the great places and great people we meet along the way um, put forth an effort to make an event happen in their community.
1: <clears throat> Excuse me. Well, and also, too, Zach, I mean, I, I think you're selling yourself short, but um, I, I think that, you know, another component to this as well that I think a lot of people don't realize is, you know, as you have a lot of uh, obviously uh, seasoned players that have been on this Metro Tour for a few years, you have a lot of new players that maybe don't know the mm-hmm. ropes. And your position really, uh, you know, offers an opportunity to, to help them to be able to put their best foot forward. Because a lot of them come there, they don't know what to do. I mean, they know how to play golf and they know they're going to go out there and, and grind it out against the other fellow competitors. Uh, but many of them have never been. Uh, you know, exposed to, to some of the media coverage and some of the, uh, at the events and, and how to handle themselves uh, with sponsors. So, so obviously, you know, you have a op- unique opportunity mm-hmm. to help uh, with that aspect of it um, by not only putting the information out there, but maybe, you know, fielding and answering any questions that some of these young ladies might have on, on what do I do or how do I, you know, how do I uh, address, uh, you know, the sponsors and things like that. Uh, maybe talk a little bit about that.
2: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I think that kind of is is a, a two way street too, because you know, as many as many new players that come out on tour, I, I think one thing that comes to mind is as as the younger they get, the more social media savvy they are. They've grown up in that era of social media, and they've seen that 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 uh, just that constant communication and and constant news gathering. On all platforms. So they they have a they have a really good sense. Um, and from my experience, they have a better sense than maybe some of the more more veteran players on the tour who have been there for a while and didn't necessarily grow up in that age. So where yeah, it's 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 been great to showcase that and I'm able to I am able to do that a lot. Uh, especially with some some of them, like you said, who haven't necessarily had that that media experience, I'm able to teach them along the way. Being a former sportscaster myself, I can kind of show them, mm-hmm. take them into the mind of of what it's like for someone to on the other side of the uh, camera for them that's talking with them. So, yeah, it's it's kind of uh, – I, I I'm, I'm able to teach along the way, but I also am am lucky to have. Have them have kind of some some knowledge knowledge in the background uh, of social media, to where I don't have to uh, be spending a ton of time on that. But it, it allows the flexibility of a lot of the players allows me to to pick out areas that they need help in, pick out areas that they're already strong in. Um, and it you know besides their game, which I'm not going to be able to help with their game. Let's face it, as much as I as much as I like to play golf, they can only help me. Right. But uh, yeah, you're you're definitely you hit the nail
1: on the head there. Well, it's sort of a quid pro, pro quo. Uh, you know, you can get a little, uh, a few pointers on your game, and and then you can help them yeah. a little bit. Uh, you know, <laughs> uh, help with their their uh, uh, media presence, if you will. Um, you know, a lot of the a lot of the young ladies, of course, um, are, are very very. Um, Uh, you know good strong morals very ethic uh, ethical young women Um, you know they know that they're out there and they've got to put their best uh, foot forward as I said not not only on the golf course uh, but off the golf course so I'm sure it makes that part of it a little bit easy Um, now you've also had uh, you know you were mentioning before uh, you know a lot of uh, sort of transition if you will because obviously um, for those that really don't understand maybe the difference, uh, what the Symmetra Tour is really all about, is, is it's sort of a stepping stone. It's a, certainly a full-fledged tour itself, but it's sort of a stepping stone uh, to the regular tour, which, of course, is the LPGA, where a lot of the um, well-known golfers that most people uh, would be familiar with. Um, so there's a transition period, uh, and this is where they get to really, uh, on the Symmetra, engage in some, some very competitive tournament golf as they make their way in advance in their career. And you've had some, some great, uh, great champions, of course, over the years, but you've got some, I I think you said this year that are sort of uh, making that transition. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. As far as just some of the players that
2: we have on the tour who have maybe been on the LPGA before. Yeah. 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 We've, you know, Stephanie Meadow, you're going to talk to her shortly And her story is uh, one of resiliency. She started, um, she played at the University of Alabama, had a a storied career uh, as a member of the Crimson Tide women's golf team and ended up coming right out of college, finished third at the 2014 U.S. Women's Open, spent some time on the LPGA between 2015 and 2016. And then I'll save, I'll let her finish her story from 2017 as to what happened. But, went through some injury, um, injury, just injuries mm-hmm. and, you know, fought her way back to where she is today on the Symmetric Tour, hoping to regain that card. So somebody who is definitely, um, who's been on the big stage, been under the bright lights and knows what it takes to get back there. Mm-hmm. Um, another one, uh, right now, right in our top five, actually on our, um, race for the card standings, Daniela Iacovelli. She is actually playing this week in the Meta championship championship. Um, one of uh, several LPG or uh, Symmetra tour players who are actually in the field for that. So with our off weeks, it's been el- it's allowed some of our players to step into um, the LPGA role. Iacovelli actually a two time Symmetra tour graduate. So she's, um, She's right. left her mark on the LPGA before pl- plenty of times. Annie Park also has seen time on the Symetra Tour. She's going to be spending a lot of time on the Symetra Tour this year. Um, she just Monday qualified for the Metahill Championship, so she'll be out competing. Uh, oh, wow! On the big stage this week. So, yeah, plenty of plenty of big names, and and maybe none bigger than than who you'll have on in the second half of this show.
1: Perfect. Um, yeah, and you know, it's exciting for um you know, women's golf in general. Um you know, it's just been an exciting time over the last several years as as uh none of the LPGA but also the Symetra Tour continues to grow. And and with that growth, uh you know, we see a lot of uh growth in the game in general from young girls. Uh are you starting to see a lot more interest towards the Symetra Tour um just because of that sort of uh, uptick if you will uh in in interest by by young women uh in golf in general are you starting to see a lot more people gaining interest in coming out and playing competitively
2: oh for sure i think i think that's that's a that's a definite yes um I'll give you a couple numbers here for instance last week the l a t ladies European tour had an event in Morocco seventeen players in that field uh will be are in our field for the IOA Invitational next week. And they'll be consistently in our field each and every week this year. And that number, if you you had thrown that out within the last couple of years, probably wouldn't have necessarily been in the double digits. But because of the transition of the LPGA qualifying tournament into a more rigorous format with Q Series, that has brought a lot of European talent over to the United States and has established a, a bigger European contingent here and a base for mm. them to potentially go and, you know, get their LPGA cards. So I think that, that alone, the Q, the Q series and the competitiveness of what that is going to drive home has put a, is going to put maybe not necessarily this year, but definitely in the future next next year, undoubtedly with some of the names that could potentially be back down on the Symmetric tour because of the structure of everything. Um, is definitely going to boost the interest in the Symmetric Tour. It's going to boost the competitiveness. It's going to boost the people wanting to host tournaments. Um, And the talent level and the players' names that you see on the leaderboards uh, each and every week are going to become names that maybe you're more familiar with than you have been in the past. You'll still have your... Rookies and your newbies and your and your ones that have have been, uh, right. been on the Symetra Tour for years, but you'll have you'll start to have a more diverse and a more kind of interchangeable field list um, with names that you've you've perhaps seen before, maybe on the Symetra Tour or on the LPGA, and uh, I think that's going to be something that's really going to spark competition and is already kind of started the process of gaining some momentum for the Symmetric Tour
1: right and and you know as you were alluding to um you know there there's been uh, quite a surge of international players you know if you look at the LPGA and obviously Smethcer uh a, as a whole there is a lot of international players coming over here to the United States uh i think even more so than we see on the on the PGA tour certainly uh there are some international players that have been uh, around for a number of years and there are some newer ones but i think uh, on the women's tours, both the, again the Seminara and the LPGA, uh, I think you're seeing a much bigger uh, surge of international players coming into that market. And I think as golf t- continues to grow as a global sport, uh, we're starting to see that. Um, is there anyone that you can think of? And, and obviously, you get a chance to look at some of the stats uh, probably more than I do. Um, is there specific regions? Uh, You know, whether it be in Europe or whether it be in in the Asia uh, belt, um, that you're seeing some of the biggest uh, numbers coming into uh, into the tour. Yeah, I'd say
2: I'd say just that the number the countries that pop to mind. Sweden is the second most represented country on the Symmetra Tour behind the United States, of course. So Sweden and Sweden Mm -hmm. has they have a uh, they actually have a base out in Phoenix. A Swedish golf team base. So where they have a, a an outstanding first class facility where they will send players to train in the off season and live. Um so that alone kinda gets them acclimated to the just culture in the United States and, and for those maybe who haven't necessarily attended school or have only attended school in the United States for a certain amount of time, it gets them more prepared. Sure. So definitely Sweden on the symmetric tour. And then of course you have your you're um, solid, con, solid players from uh, Republic of Korea. And then Thailand's another one that stands mm-hmm. out. I think Thailand's a growing nation of of players that we've seen both on the Sumetra tour and the LPGA as well.
1: You know, it, it's interesting. We had, um, back a few weeks ago on the show, we had uh, a group of young ladies. We talked about some of the growth and we had a, a young, uh, female teaching professional from Italy, uh, which, you know, you don't Mm. hear of a lot of uh, players, players on the men's or the ladies, uh, you know, to this point on any of the tours uh, coming out of Italy. But what was interesting is she primarily fosters growth in junior golf. And now even Italy is starting to, uh, which traditionally was not what you would classify as, as um, a feeder for, for, you know, future players. There's now a sparked and in, uh, an interest, if you will, in that area. So as I said, I think as as golf continues to grow uh, on a global scale, more and more nations are starting to look, and I think it's a big help with with uh, tours like Smetra Tour and of course the LPJ getting out there and really branding and marketing themselves as mm-hmm. um, you know a, an opportunity for, for especially for young girls to get out and and not just necessarily play competitive golf but to get into the golf industry in general i mean there's a lot of players that maybe uh aren't gonna you know make it out on tour but may have a gift of of teaching and and can get into the industry in another way so it it really opens the doors and it sort of leads me to this final question i've I've got for you zach and and is is this is the symmetric tour now or are there opportunities maybe especially being uh so young the, the girls being so young, an opportunity for them to go back out into the communities into their, uh, you know, high schools and, and even to their colleges, and really promote uh, golf as a, to, you know, to some of these young ladies that are kind of sitting on the fence, they don't know what to do, they haven't decided what career move. Um, golf can open so many doors in so many ways is the Symmetra Tour maybe thinking about, or are they currently doing uh, some sort of a program where some of these players can go back into their communities and really, you know, talk about some of the benefits that golf can offer? You know, Ted, that's actually, that's actually a great point. We do that
2: uh, on some of our stops. Um, We don't necessarily have a program where we have um, the players go back to their hometown or, uh, or necessarily a, a home school or anything like that, but, uh, that's something uh, you're, it's a great idea, but uh, I think what we do is, <laughs> that, that is a, is pretty, pretty solid from a, you know, we, I think golf one of those sports. I mean, every sport has their charitable foundations and, 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 you know, certain sure. players who give back a great amount, but I think one, one of the absolute strengths of golf from both the men's and women's side is, is just their, their overall, um, generosity and impact that they make in a community from raising money for charities to everything that players do um, when they're at a stop. I mean, you, you look at a stop, you look at our stops, yeah. we get in on a Monday, we're there till, we're there till Sunday. And most of the first semester tour, most of our right. events are three rounds. So we have Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, typically where we're able to, um, we have, we have junior clinics each week where we have, um local schools bring out a group of students and uh, and the players showcase and uh, their skills and, and talk about their path to where they are today and answer questions with the students we've uh, taken um, players to local hospitals for for um, just for days spent with some of the patients we've ta- taken them to uh to schools sure. and the in the community as well to talk so yeah there there's a foundation there that that definitely could lend itself to that idea that you've presented, which I'm actually I'm very fond of. So,
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you know, the reason why I say this is, and and you're exactly right. Um, you know, Sidney and I have talked about this, uh, you know, for a number of years now on on our show, and we've had some great guests uh, from the from the uh, Legends Tour and and of course from the LPJ Tour, uh, both players and those on the teaching side. And I got to I got to tell you. These ladies know how to do it right when it comes to giving back to, uh, you know, to to local charities and and getting involved in their community. And, you know, golf is one of the very few sports that is heavily integrated into the school system as many others. For instance, you know, most schools have baseball teams, football teams, uh, that sort of thing, uh, or even after-school programs. Golf is still one of those sports Uh, even though there are collegiate teams and and certainly some high school teams and things like that, it's not as well integrated uh, into the school system. So, you know, there's a lot of these young girls that don't maybe fully understand. You know, they certainly see the players on TV, um, but they don't understand that there are so many great opportunities within the golf industry uh, besides just playing out on tour. And I Mm -hmm. think it would be a great opportunity for some of these young girls um, to – you know, to be able to identify with some of the young girls on the Cemetery Tour. Uh, you know, Cindy obviously does a lot of great work like that and many of the others, but again, there's a little bit of a disconnect. Uh, and I mean, it's, Cindy, if you're listening, no disrespect, but there, there's a, an age uh, gap. So, you know, for mm-hmm. some of these young girls that are in high school, partic- you know, particular or even younger, even middle school, that can see some of these young Cemetery, uh Tour players like Stephanie and, and others, I think would really uh, give them pause to think as they start to develop, um, uh, you know, in their uh, collegiate and, and into their uh, you know careers beyond. So uh, just food for thought. I know they do a lot of great work now, and just might be something to consider for for down the road. Oh yeah, I think I think I, uh,
2: I wholeheartedly agree with that. I think that's that's a great idea.
1: Well, you know, we we always talk about in the industry, we always talk about ways of giving back and, and growing this game and and you know, there's only so much you can do. I mean, obviously not everybody has the skill set uh, of a Stephanie Meadows or uh you know, or or many of the others that are out there on the Smetter or or L, you know, on the LPJ tours. And I think it's just you know, there's so many opportunities in business that particularly uh, you know, it's been a little bit biased over the years. I mean, obviously uh, it's been a male dominated sport as we've known for many, many years and more and more women uh, are getting into golf now, especially uh, business women. And I think this is something that, again, a lot of the young girls uh, maybe taking some cues from somebody like Stephanie or, or some of the others on this Metro tour could say, Hey, you know what? Maybe that's for me too. I may not be a tour player, um, but maybe golf has something to offer for me. So it's, it's food for thought.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: I agree with you. I think. And with as many, you know, the,
2: the uh, LPGA prides itself, one of its marketing campaigns this year, is a global tour like no other. And uh, I think just that alone allows players from all different nations. I mean, you have an Anna Nordqvist from Sweden, Shenzhen Feng from China, the Dutana Garden Sisters from right. Thailand, Mor- Moria, who just won the other day, Brooke Henderson from Canada. I mean, you name it, the list goes on and on of countries represented and players showcased. And, uh, you know, they, they have... Ample opportunity to give back, and and uh, you know, a simple autograph picture at an event goes a long way Mm -hmm. in making a girl's day, making a girl's uh, maybe choice five, ten years down the line when they decide what they want to do post high school sports wise.
1: Well, and you're exactly right, and we, you know, we've had guests on this show who have been in situations where they've actually started um a golf team at their school or in their community that was not present before just based on their exposure so i mean anything's possible and i think you know in this day and age we want to really um let people know that golf is is not just something that we see on tv week in week out or Uh, that we play in competitive sports, but uh, again, it opens so many business opportunities as well. And I think that, um, you know, as more and more women get into the executive uh, side of of business, uh, I think it it presents itself with, with, uh, again, many opportunities. Um, and speaking of winners, uh, we've got a winner with us this morning, uh, Stephanie Meadows, of course. She's a, a winner on the Smetra Tour. She won the uh, IOA Championship that was presented a few weeks ago by Morongo Casino Resort and Spa at uh, Tukwut Cannon. And uh, it was a first-time winner on the Smetra Tour and uh, earning her that title. Uh, in fact, it was uh, Sunday, April the 8th, the same Sunday as Masters uh, weekend, uh, as you mentioned earlier, Zach. And she entered the final round seven shots back, but stayed the course and won the first a uh, whole of a sudden death playoff, uh, against, uh, Carly Silvers. Uh, she's from Jordanstown, North, uh, Northern Ireland. And she's the first woman from Northern Ireland to not only win on the Symmetra tour, but play, uh, on the LPJ tour. She qualified for the big stage through the 2014 LPJ qualifying tournament, which earned, uh, her condition conditional status for 2015. And she played on that throughout not only to, uh, 2015, but 2016 and 17 as well. Uh, she had an illustrious uh, collegiate career, as you mentioned too, Zach, uh, at the University of Alabama, where she was a four-time All-American, and after her time in Tuscaloosa, she played as uh, we mentioned uh, on the LPGA Tour. And she was uh, playing in the 2014 U.S. Open, uh, where she finished a solo third. So, uh, Zach, let's uh, welcome uh, our special guest. The second half of uh, the show, Stephanie Meadows.
0: Hi, guys.
1: Good morning, Stephanie.
0: How are you? <clears throat> we're
1: we're doing very well. Welcome to the show um thank you so stephanie let's uh let's talk about first and foremost uh you had a, a very exciting win uh a few weeks ago uh at the ioa championship tell us a little bit about that and specifically about uh being in a playoff against uh carly silver
0: yeah it was an amazing win um you know, it was so great to have um, or to be in contention again. You know, it had been a while, um, you know, I was injured and had some troubles, so I hadn't been in contention in a long time. So just to be in that spot, I was really excited. Um, and then to come off 18 thinking I was tie- tied and then find out that um, Carly had made birdie on 17 and think, oh, well, and then she made bogey on 18, so I was in a playoff, so I mean, it was just great to be back out there and, you know, had a little bit of nerves in the playoff, but overall, you know, I was just excited and that my hard work was paying off and whatever happened, happened.
1: Right. Well said. Um, Now the interesting part is, and and I don't think a lot of people can appreciate this if they've never played competitive golf, but at one point, of course, you were seven shots back. Uh, Mm -hmm. What went through your mind at that point? What did you say to yourself mentally Uh, because you knew you had the physical game at that point. Um, But what do you say to yourself mentally? Okay, what do I got to do here, Stephanie, to to get myself back into contention?
0: Yeah, I really thought I was going to have to go pretty low, Um, you know, maybe a six or seven under round. And, um, you know, I was two under, three, six, and going along nicely and then plugged a shot in the bunker on seven um, right in the face or on six, sorry, 200 through five. And then on six, I did that. So, you know, that kind of took the wind out of me a little bit and there wasn't a leaderboard around. I didn't realize until nine, um, that I really actually had still moved up (laughs) and that was in within a couple of shots with the lead. So, you know, that kind of rejuvenated me mentally going into the back nine, you know, I knew the back nine plays a little harder. So if I could just put a solid score together, I would have a chance.
1: Right. Right. And, you know, obviously, you know your game very well, and you know what you're capable of, um, but it's still got to be a little bit daunting at times when you know you're that far back and you're playing uh, against some, some other stealthy competitors that, you know, I've got to really step up my game. i got to stay focused, of course, but I've got to really step up my game if I want to give myself a chance, correct?
0: Yeah, definitely. Um you know, it's it's a fine line between between being too obsessed with what other people are doing and then focusing on yourself. So I think you have to try to balance that and learn what works best for you. Because um, sometimes, you know, some players don't watch leaderboards, some do, some look all the time, some only look a couple times. So it's all just finding out what the might the right mental um mindset is for you and what works and i like to watch leaderboards i like knowing what i have to do i think i play better that way um i find if i don't watch the leaderboard it's almost like i wonder (laughs) what's going on and that's almost more distracting (laughs) so i like to know what's going on
1: (laughs) now stephanie do you um you know obviously in the heat of a tournament you've got to stay focused but are you one of those players that in between uh, shots and, and in between holes, do you stay completely focused on your round or do you take time to, as they say, sort of smell the flowers in between? Do you take a time to, to sort of decompress and give yourself a, a few moments break, uh, you know, when you're getting ready to walk up to your next shot? Uh, what do you do?
0: Yeah, I definitely like to smell the flowers. <laughs> um, I think if you think about golf all the time, it's very mentally draining. Um you know it right. it just takes too much out of you, and it's very stressful, becomes very stressful, so um, I think you know, gosh, for anything you know, talking about dinner or the drive home or whatever I'm doing next week or just anything um just gives me a chance to kind of get away and then refocus again. And I think, you know, I've been in that position where I've tried to focus on just solely golf and it just hasn't worked for me. And I've been so exhausted by the final day. Um, you don't realize how much it really takes out of you when you do that.
1: Yeah, well, it's very interesting. And the reason why I asked you that is some years ago uh, when she was still playing competitive, uh, Annika uh was asked that very question and she Uh, had received a tip from one of her fellow professionals uh, about that very thing. And she said one of the problems that she had uh, going into the U.S. Open was that she was so focused on her game, um, you know, from start to finish, that by the time the round was over, she would feel like she wanted to collapse. Uh, And, Mm -hmm. of course, the advice was, you know what, you need to think about. And and at that particular time, she was getting ready to, uh, I believe she was getting ready to build a, a new home so the advice was, you know, think about that. Think about the, you know, how you want the kitchen to look. And, and it seems very silly, but the idea was to take that pressure off from what she was doing uh, and, you know, until she needed to, to re-engage. And, and that's essentially what you want to try to do as well is, is to be able to sort of disengage for a few moments just to take that pressure off, correct?
0: Yes, completely. Yeah, absolutely agree
1: yeah and and i think it just again you know you want to keep those stress levels down especially when you're getting into contention um because you know you've got to have your your a game there and and uh, at any moment uh, another player can either uh come up from a few shots behind or uh, extend their lead so you want to make sure that obviously you're on your game when it's needed but at the same time you've got to give yourself a little bit of a break and and take a deep breath um one of the kind of I guess exciting things for you during that round was of course in the sudden death playoff on hole number 18 you drained a 40-foot putt um mm-hmm. when did you know that hey this is going in and uh you had to be inside just screaming at yourself, thinking wow I can't believe I just sunk that 40-foot putt what was going through your mind
0: yeah absolutely I mean when I was over it I was just thinking you know I just want to hit this somewhere up there with within topping and um, put some pressure on and remember hitting it and it was kind of a double breaker and I'm looking at it like oh that has a chance it looks pretty good and (laughs) I think I didn't believe it went in until it actually went in um and yeah I mean just (laughs) such a satisfying moment to see that ball drop like that um you know there's no better way to win a tournament when you do something like that there's all the adrenaline and you know that's what we work for as professional athletes to you know feel that and and win like that so it's it's really awesome to finish that way
1: yeah, I can't think of a better way. And and on some small level, in, in through all the excitement, you've got to feel a little bit bad for your competitor because you've just drained this long putt, putting all that pressure on uh, your your fellow competitor. So there's got to be a little bit of, you know, gosh, I feel bad that I've just, you know, I mean, I've won the tournament, but I feel a little bit bad that now they've got to do something in order to, to try to uh, to come back from that. I don't know whether that's true or not, but I think I would feel a little bit bad, but... Um, obviously you had a lot of excitement going on and and, uh, we're excited to win that tournament. So um, Stephanie, let's go back a few years. Yeah. Back a little ways. Uh, You played for the Mm -hmm. university of Alabama uh, in Tuscaloosa, which of course uh, here in the United States is, is a a top ranked university. What was your experience like there? And what were some of the, um, I guess, tips and training that you received while you were there playing, uh, obviously uh, competitively on their team uh, what did you take away from that experience?
0: Yeah, I I absolutely loved Alabama. You know, I did my 4 years there and um I loved everything from the golf to school to football. Um it's just an unbelievable school. And you know, I I was very lucky. Um Mike Potter was my college coach and he's very knowledgeable. He's been coaching for a very long time and um, you know, he, he taught me kind of how to practice, I think, you know, how to manage my time and get the most out of it. And, um, you know, we would plan everything down to a T when we were practicing. Um, so I think that taught me a lot of discipline. And then he also taught me about journaling and, um, you know, writing good and things bad things down, you know, what I learned that day, what I need to improve on. And I still do that you know, every session. And I think, you know, he's been a massive impact on my career and I can't thank him enough for that. He really is a special man.
1: Yeah. And, and, and what a great, as I said, what a great university. And it doesn't hurt that they've got a winning football team either. I mean, uh, roll tide. I mean, they've, they know yeah, how to, okay. they know how to literally roll down the field. Now I got to say, yeah. I'm not going to hold anything against you. I'm an Auburn fan uh so there's a little bit of a rivalry here but i won't hold it against you yeah i I promise you um we don't have quite the same record but uh it's always makes some for some fun competition so let me ask you something just to take away we're gonna we're gonna decompress from golf for a minute and and talk a little bit about football um obviously i'm assuming you you had some opportunities to go and see some of the games uh what was that experience like for you
0: yeah, it was kind of funny, because whenever I uh, came on my official visit, I went to a football game, and obviously coming from Ireland, I only knew rugby. I had no idea what American football was, and right. um kind of was sitting there asking questions like, why are they stopping? Like, <laughs> You know, I just didn't get it, and um, I thought, <laughs> you know, what an amazing, you know, it's 100,000 plus people in an arena, and any sort of atmosphere, regardless, right. you know, of what sport, to be involved in that is just Uh, spectacular it gives you such an amazing feeling and um you know I kind of clung on to that and then all of a sudden four months later I'm like diehard football fan so um yeah I learn a lot and I love it and I watch it um as much as I can when we're not competing and um you know it's just a great great sport and that town just I mean Saturdays are just football oh, yeah. <laughs> that's all that happens and um right. yeah die hard and it doesn't hurt when you win all the time too it's pretty easy to be a fan so right. um no i had a great time yes. what a, i mean, such a special stadium um just the whole experience tailgating on the quad and it's just really really cool
1: well i i got just a, a very quick side note uh about two years ago Um, I was in Dothan, Alabama, which is a little bit, um, uh, Southwest, I guess, from, from where you would have been. And, uh, they had 11 buses roll in as they were getting ready to, to play one of the games and they stopped in a parking lot. And of course we thought this was the team and it turned out this was just the cheerleading and the support staff. The team had already gone two or three days ahead of time to the event and I was just amazed at – and, I mean, they had a police escort, of course, going through town. Um, and this was purely just the um, the band for the University of Alabama and some of the support staff that, that uh, you know, travel with the team all the time. So, I mean, I thought, heck, if they got 11 buses uh, for just the support and the and – the, the, um, uh, cheerleading and the, and the band, uh, I can just imagine what the players must get when they travel. So, uh, very impressive and great university. And obviously you had a great time there and uh, have some fantastic memories. So let me ask you, um, you know, Stephanie, obviously, um, as you've now transitioned, you've had a, uh, a chance to obviously play out, uh, on the LPGA, which is ultimately, I know your, your goal is to, to get back out on tour. Um, Tell us a little bit about you you mentioned uh a little bit that you've you had some injuries, Nat. So you you had a start, you were out there uh competing and then what happened?
0: Um, yeah, a lot happened. <laughs> um yeah, I, I got off to a really hot start and and then um had some my dad passed away in fifteen and um that hit me very hard. Mm. My dad was a big part of my life and sure. um my and golf life. Um so that took a long time to kind of be myself again. I almost felt like I was, like I was physically there on the golf course, but mentally I just couldn't put anything together. <laughs> um, I kind of scatterbrained, um, you know. So I had that, and then, the, you know, I kind of con- kept conditional status, so I kept playing out there, which was good. And then last year, um, <clears throat> I had a L five stress fracture in my pars, and uh, that put me out. And it was kind of one of those things where a little bit misdiagnosed and it went on for longer than it should have. And, um, yeah, unfortunately it was, it was too late to get a medical for this year. And I kind of had to accept that, Hmm. you know, I might've made a mistake in that area, but, um, it is what it is. And, um, you know, I look at it like I have the opportunity to play on Symmetra and learn things and, um, you know, probably be hungrier than ever (laughs) for whenever, you know, if and when I do get back (laughs) out there and, um, you know it's definitely it's different you know no i am not probably going to have a caddy for most of this year just a couple of events and um just the whole thing is is very different so that's been a change but i'm excited about the fact that you know i can put myself in contention a lot and um and learn things and you know hopefully that'll pay off whenever i do get back to the big tour mm-hmm.
1: Right. And, you know, and first, let me say uh, my condolences to you for the loss of your father. I know how difficult that uh, can be. Mm-hmm. Obviously, some years ago, I, I lost mine and, and it's it, it's very difficult. Uh, you know, we we um, we hold our parents in, in very high regard and, and they're in many ways our, our first mentors, if you will, in life, um, helping us along. So, my, again, my my condolences for that. Um you you've obviously overcome injuries, you're working your way back and that shows a lot of, you know, integrity and a lot of hard work sometimes is needed to do that. Mm-hmm. What do you do to prepare yourself for a tournament? When when you know a tournament's coming up and you've uh maybe you, you're not playing the week or so before, is there anything special that you do to prepare?
0: Um I mean, I, I guess my philosophy is practice really hard when you're at home, and then save as much energy as you can at tournaments. I know I've heard Annika talk about that a lot, and um, and Annika's caddy actually I've talked to that talked to him about that as well. So, you know, I just like to put in the work and play on the golf course at home as well, and um, you know, try and get as many competitive rounds as in as I can. You know, whether it's playing you know, some friends or some other pros or, you know, playing just a regular club member for some, you know, giving them some shots and just competing. Cause I think that's so important. And, um, when you do go through injuries and you do play badly, you know, you kind of lose your competitiveness a little bit because you're almost scared of failing <laughs> because everything's kind of going in the sure. wrong direction. So you kind of have to stand up and, um, just kind of go for it and and believe in yourself again and learn that you know you can win and and competing is a good thing. I think a lot of girls go through that probably too. Um, so I've done that and I had the opportunity to play in some cactus tour events over the sea uh, over the off season, which is just a mini tour, and I think that really helped me as well get right. ready um, for the for the main tournaments.
1: Yeah, and, and I think anything that you can do to. Um, you know, practice and, and get your mindset back into, to um, competing on a tournament level, you know, just going out and playing golf, that certainly helps keep uh, your game sharp and and your ball striking solid and that. But uh, getting those sort of that adrenaline going in the, in the heat of a tournament uh, there's nothing like that. And that's one of the things that, you know, I think a lot of people noticed with Tiger Woods over the years, um, you know, he was a, a great competitor, but when he sort of had that downturn a few years back, it's been very a difficult road. Obviously he's had some injuries as well, as we all know. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, I think one of the issues that he had was that, he hadn't really been playing a lot of uh, tournament golf, and you know, even as the best player in the world at that time, it, it, it's very difficult to to just sort of jump back in and expect to to sort of be where where you once were without uh, you know a little bit of a grind. So, so what's next for you? What what are you looking forward to most? What's the next level of, of Stephanie's uh, you know uh, career? What are you looking forward to most?
0: Um, just really getting the season started um you know we've played two events and um it's been one in march one in april so i'm kind of ready to get a couple going in a row and um you know i enjoy competing and the traveling and um most of the time (laughs) um but right now i enjoy it you asked me that in (laughs) august i might tell you something different um (laughs) uh, yeah i'm just excited to to get it going um you know, I'm I'm actually home this week in Ireland, um, with one of my sponsors in Best Tech oh, wow. and we're doing some pretty exciting things, um, for a campaign that hasn't been announced yet, but it's um, you know about girls and role models and that sort of thing. So, um yeah, it's gonna be it's a very exciting week and it's nice to be home. That always kinda gives me a nice little refresh and uh it's just good to see some of my people, I guess. <laughs>
1: So you, you obviously, you know, have a lot of friends and family back home. Uh, what was mm-hmm. their reaction when you came home and they knew that you won that tournament a few weeks ago? They obviously had to be very excited for you um, and obviously, uh, you know, your, uh, your family particularly. But I'm sure a lot of your, your friends that, uh, that you grew up with, uh, I'm sure were very excited as well. What was some of the reaction that you got from them?
0: Yeah, um, I got so many text messages um, and so many people that um, actually stayed up late and watched it, you know, because obviously it's eight hours in front sure. of, of Western Coast. So, um, you know, I had a lot of people stay up and they text me right after. So it's pretty cool when people, you know, stay up in the middle of the night and they're cheering for you and supporting you. Um you know, everybody from um, like my close family, my cousins, and um, her two little girls. And, um, you know, she was up late. Sure. And then also, I mean, even the CEO of Best Tech was up late. So, um, yeah, it's pretty awesome to right. have that, that <laughs> feeling of that support. Um, and they've been through, been with me for so long, you know, through literally uh, very low lows and very high ups. So, um, yeah, it's just, you know, it's a great feeling to have those people behind you and you can't replace that. That's what keeps you going. And, uh, even in the tough times.
1: Well, and, and, you know, the other thing, Stephanie, is that it helps that you won the tournament. So that even makes it that much sweeter. You don't feel as bad that they all stayed up late, uh, yeah. to, to sort of, uh, you know, catch the tournament. Uh, you were able to say, well, look guys, you know, I won the tournament, so it was worth, uh, losing that little extra sleep. Um, you you touched on an interesting point, and I asked Zach this a little bit earlier, Um, and and you've now got this opportunity. Obviously, uh, Northern Ireland uh, is is still growing as far as golf is concerned. Uh, This is going to give you an opportunity to really uh, give back to your community, uh, especially to young girls. Um, What's the message that you want them to understand about golf? It's obviously not all about competition. There's other aspects of golf, as I know you're aware of. Um, But what's the message that you want to relay to them, to young girls particularly, that may look up to you now and say, wow, you know, maybe this is something I can do?
0: Yeah, I think, you know, golf, whether you want to play it professionally or you just want to, you know, amateur, whatever your goals may be. I mean, it teaches you so many things and, um, you know, from – like they talk about at first he like core values and respect and you know for kids to be in a golf course environment and learn how to you know kind of behave (laughs) um and and be Uh honest and golf is just a game of integrity and Um, it teaches you so much there, but it also, it opens so many doors to new friends. Um, you know, especially when you're younger, you can hang out at the golf course in the summer or, you know, all year long, depending on where you live. And, you know, you build that relationship and all of my closest friends are golfers and, uh, well, majority of them. And, um, you know, it's something that you can share. That's pretty special. Um, and I think also like not just golf, but, um, any sport gives you the opportunity you know to have more confidence and and see that you can do things and have goals to strive towards no matter what they might be you know whether it's to be a 20 handicap or a scratch handicap you know there's just things that you can organize Mm -hmm. in your life that you know can you can gain from that and then even looking on to later in life you know I think I heard Maybe just before I came on, you guys were talking about, you know, golf and business and um, how it's very beneficial for yep. business women now. And I think that's really true. You know, if you can, um, you can tell a lot about a person by how they act on the golf course. So um, if you can oh, you yes. know, use that to your <laughs> advantage and, and get some deals done, I mean, there's nothing better than taking, you know, whether it be prospective clients or current clients out and letting them have a good time and, um for them to see that a woman can actually do that too, I think is a great advantage for young women in business.
1: Yeah. and, and you you're exactly right and that's that's exactly what we were talking about and you know we've talked about um my co-host who unfortunately wasn't able to uh to join us today she had a a, a business engagement herself so she sends her apologies for not being able to be here uh while you were on but um uh, of course I'm talking about LPGA professional Cindy Miller and uh, mm-hmm. you know she not only has competed on the LPGA tour but uh competes on the champ uh the legends tour excuse me and uh, competes against all uh, sorts of great uh, uh, female professionals that have, uh, you know, moved mm-hmm. up the ranks. Uh, but she also teaches a lot of corporate golf and teaches, um, you know, women how to really uh, open doors uh, with golf that has not been, you know, something that has been in the, in the forefront for a long time, but is now gaining a lot of momentum. Uh, momentum. Is that something mm-hmm. that, you know is appealing to you after, you know, many years down and you've had a successful playing career that you might want to transition to something like that and and maybe, you know, mentor women in, in golf or or do you have other aspirations down the road? What what what's your uh what's your long-term goals?
0: Yeah, that's um that's an interesting question. Um I don't know. Yeah, I can see myself doing <laughs> both, you know. I uh, I majored in accounting, so I I've done that and I don't know what I would do. <laughs> um Yeah, I mean, mentoring, you know, even now, you know, even doing junior clinics or even helping, you know, any age um, out, I think is very rewarding, you know, um, you know, it's something that, you know, maybe I wish that as a young girl, maybe I had a more of a role model over in Ireland, you know, because I'm kind of the first one, and there's a lot coming behind me. But, you know, I think it's great that now the girls have somebody to look up to, so to mentor them. Um, sure. pretty special, but, but yeah, I don't, I, yeah, it's a good question. <laughs> I'm going to just try and kill it on the LPGA well, and, and see what happens. Sure. Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, it's, well, yeah, that won't hurt. I mean, to, to obviously yeah. do well on, on the tour and, and that's certainly a great goal to have, but you know, there's going to come a point in time when you may decide, okay, you know, I'm, uh, I've enjoyed a successful playing career, do you want to maybe then switch, as many have done, and get into the, more of the teaching side and, and find ways that way to, to sort of give back and, and help, you know, uh, tune up to the next generation, if you will?
0: Yeah, for sure. That's definitely an option. And, you know, it's a very rewarding. And, I, um, you know, I admire those ladies who do that because... You know, it's a it's a tough change, and but to give back to like to the game like that is, is something very special. And I guess you know all of us kind of owe it to the game of golf because it has brought us so much that it's only right that we kind of pass it down.
1: Yeah, and uh, you know, Cindy and I uh, have talked many times on the show about some of the wonderful things uh, that many of the great legends of the LPGA, you know, Nancy Lopez uh, and and many of the others have done. And I mean. Nobody does it better in in giving back uh, to the charities than the women of the LPGA, in, in my opinion. I mean, they far surpass uh, the boys, if you will, on the PGA Tour. Not that they don't do a fantastic job, but I think that the, the women just naturally have a, a way of just getting out there and really not only grinding it each week out on, on the playing field, uh, out in the courses, but when they come back in and it's time to network with the sponsors and many of the foundations that they're working through, they just do a fantastic job in raising, you know, literally millions of dollars every year. Um, so I think that would in itself would be very rewarding uh, down the road as well to, to be able to do that. Not that you can't do some of that now along the way, but I think once mm-hmm. uh, you know, the career kind of gets to a point where, okay, I've, I've had enough competitive golf. Uh, I want to do something more. Um, that may be something yeah. to, to consider as well.
0: Definitely, so
1: where are you off to next? What's the next yeah, what's the next tournament that you're off to?
0: Um, so I'm playing in Atlanta um next week, so I'm flying back to the states on Saturday morning, um, and then I'm got the Atlanta tournament, um, and then I have the Monday or well, not the Monday qualifier, but the u s. Open qualifier on the following Monday, so that's my next week or so.
1: Perfect. Well, Stephanie, I want to take this opportunity to thank you very much for joining us from uh, Northern Ireland. Uh, I know it's uh, late or early, depending on how you look at it. Um, (laughs) And uh, did a fantastic job in in sharing your story uh, with the audience. I know that they'll enjoy it. And congratulations on your win. And keep up the great uh, hard work. I have no doubt uh, that you will uh, continue to have much success on this Metro Tour and uh, ultimately on the LPGA Tour. So keep it going.
0: Thank you very much. I appreciate it.
1: All right. Take care, and you have a great day. Thanks. All right, that was a very special guest, uh, Stephanie Meadows, the uh, winner of the Iowa Championship uh, a few weeks ago. Uh, In fact, uh, the weekend of the Masters Tournament, uh, April 8th, uh, of course, Sunday, she uh, won out on a uh, sudden-death playoff against uh, Carly Silvers with a 40-foot putt that she sunk to take the title. So uh, on a bit of a high right now and uh, going to be coming back next week to you play in Atlanta. Uh, as I mentioned, Cindy was off this weekend, last week, but she'll be joining me back here on air uh, next Tuesday from 9 to 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time here on the Women of Golf Show. I want to also a special thank you to uh, Zach the Panic, uh the uh, Symmetra Tours media and uh, public relations official. Thanks, Zach, for, for filling in for, for Mike. Unfortunately, Mike wasn't able to join us, but he did send his apologies. Uh, he was in mid-travel uh, on his way out to the event uh in uh, san francisco so unfortunately he wasn't able to uh uh, to make the connection with us here on air but he will uh, join us next time uh on a future show so uh on that uh on that note i want to thank all the listeners for faithfully tuning around each and every week here on the women of golf show and it's really through your uh continued listenership and through the efforts of many of our uh very talented and very skilled uh uh, lpj and semester tour players Uh, but also our teaching coaches and professionals out there that help make the golf industry uh, a great industry to be a part of. So on that note, I will see you next week along with Cindy Miller right here on the Women of Golf Show. God bless everybody and take care.